After watching this movie, I thought about a quote by George Orwell. The very concept of objective truth is fading out of the world. Lies will pass into history. That's beautiful. Well, this documentary that we're reviewing in this episode has been coined as a detective story wrapped up as a biopic. And that's a pretty accurate way to put it. And timely with some amazing women filmmakers on the rise. She's Kaylee. I'm Tuesday, and this is Whiskey and Popcorn. Be Natural, the untold story of Alice Guy Blanchet, has made its rounds throughout the world. BFI London Film Festival, the New York Film Festival, Cannes, Telluride Film Festival, and many more. This documentary pulls from archival footage, photographs, letters, and stories passed down from people who remember this amazing filmmaker. And it meticulously and sometimes circuitously tells the story of this amazing female director. Alice Guy Blanchet is relatively unknown today, which honestly is truly a crime, but that was not the case during her time. Here's a quick clip from the trailer to give you an idea. Alice Guy writes, directs, and produces one of the first narrative films ever made. Alice is one of the first to utilize many film techniques, including close-ups, hand-tinted color, and synchronized sound. Alice founds her own company, where she directs and manages all aspects of production. Following a two-decade career comprised of a thousand films that she wrote, directed, or produced, Alice disappears from filmmaking. And becomes almost completely forgotten until now. Correct. While several men had made more scenery-based shorts, like men leaving a factory or a train arriving to a platform, Alice was really the first to make a story, syncing sound with narrative, special effects, hand tinting, and that notorious (laughs) close-up. She really was such an innovator. And like we heard in the trailer clip, Guy started as a secretary for the camera and photography company owned by Leon Gaumont. Uh, So she was really at the right place at the right time. She was right there at the beginning with the Lumiere brothers, who any casual history buffs will know that they are like one of the very, if not the actual very first guys to create moving pictures and have the technology to make that work. So she followed that initial cinema technology, saw the first Flickr film on screen, and by 1896, she made her first ever narrative film, The Cabbage Fairy. And then she went on to make hundreds of films in France and other parts of Europe. And then she didn't stop there. She moved on to produce films in the United States. And that's where she founded her own movie studio, Solax. And this is one of the first film studios ever, not just in the U.S., but ever. And from there, she went on to make thousands more movies. And one day, she stopped. She was making what we would call, quote-unquote, blockbusters weekly. And then she just stopped. And for the most part, was never really talked about again. And as the history of cinema was being recorded, 
She was essentially written out of it. She's like a footnote in film history, if mentioned at all. This film is based on the vast amount of research and love by Pamela B. Green, who produced this film. I feel like she meticulously researched with a goal to restore Alice's rightful place in history. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad this film is out and that we can learn about her. But still, unfortunately, this documentary has such a limited release right now. It's playing in small, intimate art houses in a few states. But as of right now, uh, we haven't seen it premiere at any Phoenix-based theater, neither Film Bar or Harkins Shea or Valley Art. But I think feel like we could both strongly recommend that this film should be brought to Phoenix. And those art houses are always open to suggestion. So if you really like the trailer and our review, think about requesting it at one of those locations or even your own hometown location. Definitely. And like we've already said, this story about Alice is just eye-opening. Like I had absolutely no concept of the early women filmmakers. And usually when we think of the early women filmmakers, I mean, we're probably thinking the early talkies, you know, past the silent film era. I mean, to my mind, I can't really think of any silent film female directors. That's not my area of expertise, but there might be one or two. But she was even before that because she was right at the very beginning, which is remarkable to me. Yeah, literally when they were putting picture, picture, like when it was picture film, they're just putting picture after picture together. So this was, this was way before even silent film. We're talking the late 1800s. And this technology, because there, there was sort of this, um, if we want to say arms race, <laughs> there was this race to figure out the technology to make moving pictures. And there were several men throughout the world working on this and the Lumiere brothers are probably the most famous to create their moving picture technology and Aldous was there to see it. She, like we said, was so amazed by it that this could be a way of storytelling which I think is really interesting too to point out because initially like you said earlier Tuesday a lot of the first films were very much we are sitting on the corner of a street and just taking video of street life, life happening now, that that train pulling into a station, uh, you know, man on a platform or whatever it might be. But there was no attempt at actually storytelling until Alice, it sounds like. Correct. After a quick Google search of a simple thing like who invented cinema or or anything of those kind of questions, Thomas Edison and the Lumiere brothers are noted to be kind of the inventors of film. But when you look at what a director actually means today, that was Elise. In fact, these two men didn't even think film would last. It was just something fun that they made and then it was going to die out. So it's kind of funny to look at it now. (laughs) It's very funny. Early film was so experimental as well. And that's something that Alice just, you know, really took and ran with. And they made an interesting point in the documentary, kind of more of the sidebar. But, um, you know, they would do things like jumping rope or photographing somebody eating or just like capturing that everyday life. 
And that's what a lot of YouTube videos are nowadays. So there's almost this weird circle. We've gone back to the beginning. And I liked that tie through to how film has changed from actual film to now digital video and how we're still kind of playing and experimenting with what storytelling can be in a video cinematic format, whether it be just a short TikTok video or Vine video to, you know, a full-blown feature. And I, I think it's interesting to look at it from an auditory perspective as well. It, back centuries ago, everything was about passing a story down audibly. It was never written down. And then we started with, we need to document everything. And everything went into books, encyclopedias, novels, whatever you have it. And now we're going back to a time where we have audiobooks and podcasts and things. So it's kind of interesting to watch how a lot of our our technology and how we want to convey ourselves ebbs and flows through the centuries. Oh, it, it really does. It, it's kind of funny that, you know, History maybe doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it rhymes with itself, perhaps we could say. And I love that they point out in this film that Guy, uh, Alice Guy was there at the beginning. She was in a corset directing, writing, filming, doing all the things, wearing all the hats. And I mean, the title of this film is Be Natural. That's what she had up in her, her studio telling the actors that we're, we're not going to do these pantomimes, you know, that very vaudeville, that very stage overacted. This was the first ever, you know, if you will, method acting. <laughs> and she encouraged that with her actors. And she was able to capture really, like, intimate moments she had, you know, kids in her films and was able to capture their precociousness and their, their emotions. Like, she had a, a story about a young girl encountering death and what that meant. She did the first ever, or allegedly the first ever, all-black cast in film. Completely unheard of. And, like, she had to actually get African-American or other black actors to work with her behind the scenes because none of the white members of her production company wanted to work on that film. And it it was called uh, A Fool and His Money. So, you know, it's... Of course, you watch it today, and there's a lot of undertones in there that would make us very uncomfortable. But, you know, it's notable for being the first, and she was the one to put this out there. She did one of the first ever Passion of Christ films, which the title of director and producer was taken away from her. And that happened with a lot of her films. They later on got misattributed to the men who helped her make these films, but they were not the leads behind the films um, getting these put out. And it's safe to say that we both found this eye-opening, but also not particularly surprised. No, I mean, like with a lot of non-white male cisgender (laughs) individuals, you know, their histories can be suppressed. And I wish it wasn't mind-boggling, but it is. But in a way, this kind of that makes now an exciting time because we get to uncover these individuals like Alice and it's very exciting. I do have a few critiques though about how it was actually kind of put together. Sure. Um, For me, at the very beginning, initially, some of these creative elements felt a little chaotic and disjointed because we had animation, we had graphs, we had the narration, then the interviews, and then, 
you know, the the fo- the photographs and everything just kind of felt a little piecemeal, like they didn't quite blend well with each other. But that was only at the beginning for me. By the time we got a th- at least a third of the way through the film, like it started to feel like it was cohesive. And I'm not sure why it felt that way to me because I don't did you get a sense of that or did it just feel cohesive to you from the beginning I did it was almost as if they kind of just the same as in journalism let's throw everything at you at once in the intro and then we'll go into more detail later and that's kind of how it felt where it was just let's throw everything at you okay now let's long form catch you up with yeah. everything and they just kind of wanted to use every aspect available to do that was well, like we'll crab walk backwards into this story or something right um so as far as like the technical aspects of it it felt a little clunky to me at the beginning but that in no way deterred me from being interested in the topic because the the script writing which jody foster is a narrator it hooked me right away so i wanted to see more i wanted to know more and, you know, I was just eating it up. <laughs> and Yeah, I, I am definitely a, a history buff. So uncovering things that I don't know are always very exciting for me. But with that being said, the, my only critique is this isn't a quick action movie sequence play by play. It goes very slow, but with intention. Mm-hmm. So stick with it. It will round out and it'll be nice. But... It it not it's not necessarily the quickest of stories, right? There, there's a lot of information that they jam pack into this documentary, and that might be sort of why it felt disjointed at first, because I mean, Alice did so much that you know we want to give shine a light on her because nobody really has to this point at all. So, the good news is that times are a changing. <laughs> Since Reese Witherspoon won Woman of the Year in 2015, she has been, and even before then, has been really moving and shaking within the industry in more of a background perspective. Reese Witherspoon was very successful in founding Pacific Standard Films. Everyone told her, you're not, you're not going to make money in the first five years. There is no drive for female story and female-led films. And she basically blew everyone out of the water. The company purchases books, puts them on bestsellers, and then makes them movies. And we've seen some of her top ones in the last few years have been Gone Girl, which was a national bestseller, Wild, which was a national bestseller, and then went to gross billions of, of dollars. Billions. Billions between the book and the film. Mm-hmm. And as a lot of you are following, Big Little Lies has been huge on HBO and demanded a second season. And recently in the news, someone called out Reese and said, well, we're just short on female directors. We can't, you know, if we can't find them, we don't know they're there, which she clapped back very quickly and said, no, there is 1,400 high, ex- like high, very well esteemed and seasoned directors on the Directors Guild of America. And they even made their own organization of mid-career women directors called Film Fatales. Oh, and there's, <laughs> yeah, and there's about 250 there. 
Incredible. So don't tell me there's a shortage. And she has almost been the spokesperson for female-led films and female directors and producers. And it's been really nice to kind of watch her slap back at these people who say, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess the book's fine, but, I mean, who wants a female lead? And it's been so wonderful to watch. Yeah, and, you know, she's just following the footsteps of Alice, and it's it's incredible. I, I love how we're having this bloom of creative women in film right now. They're having, hopefully, a lasting moment. Like, now they're at the table and they're being recognized more and more. There's a lot of work to still be done to make sure that they're not written out of the history either. But it all began with Alice Guy Blanchet. And go see this documentary, Be Natural. Find it. You, They're all over social media. Um, who knows? They might send you a link and you can watch it from the cover of your own home. But it's it's incredible. And... I mean, I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> no, it was beautiful. I just want to say that she existed. She was amazing. And she deserves to be in the spotlight, not a footnote in our history. Amen to that. Time to pour a drink. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. So I always picture a badass woman ordering like a bourbon or a scotch. Hell yeah. Neat or on the rocks, of course. So I am going with a Glenn Levitt on the rocks because the weather is not cute in Phoenix right now. <laughs> that is true. Hello, 114 degree weather. We're staring at you. But I could toast to that. Pour me a double of one of those. I'm Cheers. having what you're having. Cheers. <laughs> now, while we're not the first female film reviewers, we are one of the few here in Phoenix. So support women in film by subscribing to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And of course, get the latest news by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And our reviews are always up on whiskeyandpopcorn.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you at the movies.